We are continuing Mazalani uh, on our subject, and I just want to appreciate the bishop for giving us an opportunity to just to share the word and carry the burden together with us, with him, okay? okay? Uh, it is him who is the visionary, the pioneer, the angel of the house, all right? We are here to help him, and we are grateful for the opportunity to come and share the word. So he started a series on the blood covenant, on the blood covenant. And I was saying in the morning that it is a relevant or a word in season, you know, for some of us who are confused by what has been happening, you know, when people approach us and just indicate or no, you can mix it up, you know, you can be a Christian and you can go and consult, you know, you can uh, do this thing and, and, and balance it, you know, you are uh, an African and, and all those things, you know, and we get confused, but now with the subject, which is a subject that has been practiced by nations in, 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 uh, in the olden days. When you go to Europe, it was practiced. When you go to the Far East, it was practiced. And when you come to Africa, it was practiced or it is practiced. Even now, these other uh, areas. But the question is, how then do we differentiate the blood covenant that makes us Christians and the blood covenant that leads us astray? All right. And it is in us knowing who we are that we will be able to can distinguish the fake. Again, how about what's a fake? You should know the original money. You know, I always wonder how about you know, but they know what they're looking for. So it is in us understanding this blood covenant that we are able to can understand ourselves better and know who we are and whose we are. Hallelujah. Amen. So Bishop outlined a number of uh, uh, benefits that comes with us going through, five of them. One is that when we study the blood covenant, it will help us understand the interconnectedness of the progressive revelation of the Bible. You know, that the Bible has a progressive revelation. And it is interconnected. All right. It is it's not static. It's not a, like a picture, but it is like a video. It unfolds. It is progressive. All right. So that's the first thing. So you are able to understand that you can find the roots of the New Testament in the Old Testament. All right. And also, it will help us understand that the Bible is a jigsaw puzzle. It is not linear the way I thought it is. You know, how I used to study the Bible, Genesis, and continue until Revelations, I thought it is a step by step. All right? But only to find that there are certain steps that I find in the book of Revelations that connects with the book of Genesis. So it's a jigsaw puzzles. And therefore, because it's a jigsaw puzzles, as I, I came to understand it that way, then I managed to survive the crisis, the faith crisis that I meet in my life. That some of us, there are certain questions that rattles us. That really rattles our roots. Whether it's because of life experiences, whether it's because of, uh, there are always questions and there are fewer answers. You know, you understanding the blood covenant and you understanding the Bible, you understand that this is a jigsaw puzzle. 
So if you were like me some time ago, going through the crisis of faith, hold on. Don't abandon ship. Don't throw your faith. Okay? Don't throw your, your profession. Because once you understand that there will be a penny that will drop, you will have your aha moment when you discover, oh, the question that I had 10 years ago is only answered now by God. By the same Bible that I've been reading. So when we study this, it will help us. It will help us to understand the language and certain expressions of the Bible. You know, the Bible is full of covenant language. You know, and sometimes because we don't understand where it, it comes from or where this thing is, the context thereof, we get lost. But when we study the blood covenant, it, it gets revealed. Hallelujah. A revelation of the blood covenant also helps us to understand the sacredness of the covenant. The sacredness of the covenant. And for those of us who grew up in church, for those of us who grew up uh, in Christian homes, you know, sometimes we take Holy Communion for granted. But now, with this study, we'll be able to understand its significance, its importance. We need to know, Bazalan, that the covenant is sacred. Hallelujah. But not only is it not sacred, but also it is permanent. That there is permanency in the covenant that we have uh, with God. Hallelujah. We also understand that the, there is the covenant-making God who is also the covenant-keeping God. He does not only appear like Malome. Malome Barantusu. You know, you only see them, you are told by them while Sunalimu are three years, four years. The next thing, Ubabona, Haili Elinyal. You know, and on the day Elinyal, Bashaha, Bavurvaya, everyone. No, no, no. Our God is, He starts with you and He continues with you and He keeps His covenant. Hallelujah. But most importantly, when we understand the blood covenant, when we study it, it will strengthen our faith. It will strengthen our faith. You know? Why? Because we were able to understand that God is the one who has made the covenant with us. He is the one who made covenant with us. Yes, we needed to be a willing participant, but he is the initiator of it. And he is the keeper of it. Hallelujah. So Bishop started by looking at the definition of a covenant. That the first time we meet the word covenant it is in, it is in, the, in the book of Genesis. You remember when he asked about the law of first mentioned? Yeah. The law of first mentioned here regarding covenant is in Genesis chapter 6 verse 18. Where God makes a promise to Noah and his family to say, get into the boat. You know, get into the boat and I will keep you. You and your, your sons and your uh, son's wives, I'll keep you. He makes that covenant. So we then need to understand that because he's a covenant keeping God, what is this thing called covenant? In the Hebrew language, it's called berith. It gives the sense of cutting or cutting that causes blood to flow. So when they were cutting covenant, when a person says, cutting a covenant, they need to understand that it is, they are saying that cutting where the blood flows. Alright? It is possible 
bazalan to cut where the blood doesn't flow agar some of us knows ra ri lo donate ma madi ba e batla veini ku ba o papate ba o chape eh ba e batla and even if the nurse is still an inexperienced one o ka o tlaba ha many times eh you know there's one time ba e batla and be ke kopa nurse no kopa o batla someone else so that they can come and just you know cut where it is flowing the blood is flowing hallelujah so the other things that we need to understand is that covenant is a compact it's a compact that we reach you know scheme sahao lena lo compare ko ntle pinky what pinky promise how we are competing it's a secret between us the two of us but no covenant is not about secret it has to be public if it's secret no inside it hallelujah then other thing is that we speak about a league okay a league before the united nation existed there was what is called the league of nations these are nations that came together and said we will not fight with one another especially those who are weak will group themselves with those who are strong and we see this apparent right now in the fight in europe the war between ukraine and russia it's all about the whole issue of compacting that russia claims that nato which is a a a league of nations that have agreed that they will stand together is now encroaching on the old russia or the old warsaw and they feel threatened by the encroachment of 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 nato and nato says that they will agree if one a nation outside nato attacks a nation in nato nato all of it will respond yes it's a covenant so the word covenant also associates with what is called a, a league a league or a confederacy all right so bishop then went on to discuss the rules of covenant he indicated that they have a certain term or a, a, a lasting time that the, a covenant is kept it will last for three years or it will last forever or but there is a a set time for it it is not breakable it is unbreakable that is one of the rules the other thing is that uh, it is made by mutual interests it is made by mutual interest you will find nations comes into a, a a covenant saying look because you have you are good in agriculture and we are good in military we enter all right so what nations or countries call bilateral agreements you know each time the president goes out you know and visit a particular country they are looking for mutual interests south africa has just entered into a, a mutual agreement with other countries you know with with kenya around the trade okay kenya provides us with tea we provide them with uh, 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 minerals something like that you know we find that the countries get into uh, bilaterals so they entered into mutual mutual relationship with mutual interest both parties are willing participants both parties have to be willing participant if they are not willing participant then there is something wrong there is something untowards there and and you find it even in our homes in our families where we are blindfolded by us rope and they will tell us no this is how we've been doing things 
You know, you don't, you don't get to know and under, uh, told the reason why. You know, and with this generation now, there's questions and there's opinions thrown. That's why most of our, um, our cultural stuff, we are not able to can keep them. Why? Because we are unable to can explain. We need to explain some of these things, Bazalan. You know, as Bishop was making an example, or, uh, this woman was asking, when I was asking him, Mama, why are you cutting chicken with Enyamul? You know, I know that's how my mother did it. You know, and by, they went to Mama. Mama says, no, that's what Nkonu did it. And Nkonu explained, or, no, 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 we didn't have fridges. So I needed to cut it such that it fits, we cook it all, and then, you know, we, we dish it out. So we need to explain. But if you don't explain, kids and young people tend to rebel. Even in our Christian work, that's why we need to disciple each other. That's why we need to mentor each other. Because when we do that, we are able to can explain certain things. That's why we are studying the word. You'll hear some of these concepts said in the manyan. We'll try and unpack them so that when you leave them out, you don't just throw Cezalwan, um, eh, the language of Cezalwan, but you understand what it means to be a blood, a, 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 a blood brother. Hallelujah. Amen. So you partake willingly. There is usually a person that acts on behalf of a group when the, the group are two, uh, there's two groups coming together. A covenant is sealed with a visible manner in public. That's why I was saying this pinky promise, it is our secret between the two of us, is not good. It has to be done public such that the person is able to say, this is my blood brother. This is my brother in the Lord. You understand that this thing is done publicly. That's why when you marry, in, 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 in African um, terms, you don't elope. No, no, we have to see your family. Or no, are you together with the other one? So it is done publicly, and it has its own memorial event. Which is one thing that we need to take note, Bazalan, and not take for granted. We don't celebrate Christmas because of it's Christmas. It's a memorial event signifying the importance of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Similarly, how we do the Easter. It is not for the sake of Easter because it's about a holiday, no. It is a memorial service. It is a memorial event for the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Note the last one. Covenant breakers receive no mercy. Covenant breakers receive no mercy. History tells us that actually they would kill you and kill your family to the third generation. They start with you and your children and your children's children. That's how unmerciful they become because you are a covenant breaker. So those are the rules that we went through Lippy Shop. But I want us to go back and he went through the nine steps of, of a covenant and how it's cut. Né? But I want to take a, ba a, a back step, a step back, not back step, a step back, <laughs> a step back, right, and say to you, note, it is not just a covenant, it is a blood covenant. It is the blood that signifies its importance. So therefore, I want to talk about the significance of the blood. The significance of the blood. 
that it is not any other blood that distinguishes our covenant uh, blood, the blood covenant from other blood covenants. But it is the similarity, these things, but that's one. That's why, you know, these days we need to be careful of the language even spoken because there are other people who take on the language of Azalani. When you listen to them, but I just thought, no, 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 no. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it is a different baptism altogether. We don't understand it. But we can, oh, we can know the difference between the real one, the original one, from the fake one. By understanding the original one. Hallelujah. So I want us to, to begin by going memory lane to those who are doing biology ne? and to the 2000s who are doing life science. All right? And understand the significance of the blood. That the blood has two significance. One is physical and one is spiritual. Let's start with the physical. All life is in the blood. All life is in the blood. When you read uh, Leviticus chapter 17 verse 10, to 12, I'll just pick up verse 11. Verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. The key word there is that the life, uh, the life of the flesh is in the blood. All right. So that we understand that life is in the blood. For you to live, you need the blood. For an animal to live, you live uh, it, need, it needs the blood. Okay, it's, if it's a plant, it's a different thing. But for mammals, for animals, they need the blood. You have to be alive because of the blood. Hallelujah. So therefore, we need to take care of our blood. We need to take care of ourselves. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Maki, life is in the blood. Therefore, take care of your blood. Number two, all healing is in the blood. All healing is in the blood. The blood has all the healing the body needs. If you get a cut on your body, the blood rushes in the area of injury to stop the bleeding. You know? And, 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 and stop the infections through the blood cloth. So the blood creates clots in order to be able to try and fight. So when you have blood clots, it means that the, the body was interpreting that there is a war here. There's an injury that took place. We need to go rush there and protect. That's why when a person cuts you, you know, all of a sudden there's, you know, the rushing of the blood. It is rushing to that area to try and stop it. Not to try and continue, allow you to bleed to death. But it, was, it is trying because that's how the body fights. Hallelujah, Bazalan. The blood puts up a fight against any infection. If you have an infection, the blood will fight it. It will fight it by all means. Because it is providing you healing. See, medication is absorbed in the blood and sent to where it is needed the most. So how no medication? straight. It has to go into the blood. If it doesn't go to the blood, it will not cause healing. Hallelujah. Number three, all nutrients are in the blood. All nutrients are in the blood. In the blood, the things that build up, up, they have to go through the blood. All right, the blood delivers nutrients to the rest of the body. Your life is in your blood. If you take vitamins, those are get broken down. 
They get broken down and transported to where they are needed by the blood. If you take food, food is digested and then get absorbed into the blood and it turns into nutrients and feeds your body. So you can see that all nutrients are in the blood. How the apple, the apple must be disintegrated, absorbed into the blood, digested and go, uh, get into the blood and get distributed. If it doesn't do that, you will die. Hallelujah. Number four, all protection is in the blood. All protection is in the blood. But then our immune system is important. It has to be able to stay uh, uh, strong. Your immune system is the most important system in your body. And it's in the blood. Your immune system, if your immune system fails, even just a slight headache can kill you. So your immune system has to be strong. Blood is so important, to, uh, it protects you from diseases. Every time you get a virus, the blood goes in and fights. So you need to make sure that your immune system is, is strong. That's why when you have HIV, uh, they tell you that um, your, your, your city count should not go beyond a certain level. It has to always be up. So that's why it is important for us to be healthy. It is important for us to be healthy. Hallelujah. Why? Because uh, 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 the blood provides the protection it needs. Number five, all sustenance are in the blood. All sustenance is in the blood. The blood, Bazalana, sustains us, okay? Uh, the blood transports uh, oxygen from the lungs to the cells of the body. And the, uh, where it, it is needed for creation of metabolism. That, you know, when you see a young man, I make an example about young men, that, you know, when they're getting to the age, yeah, the teenagehood, they eat a lot. Their metabolism is high. And therefore, it means that their blood is working well and it's causing them to be able to eat more and more, you know. You know, growing up, the only thing I could think of is the bread bean. But as I enter the house, straight to the bread bin. If I open the bread bin and doesn't find the bread, I bang, I bang it. You know, because I'm hungry, I want to eat. You get guys, she was. <laughs> You know, in, in our blood, the iron carries the oxygen. You know, it carries, the blood uh, transports uh, uh, oxygen to our, from our lungs, and it's the iron levels carries that oxygen. So that's why, Bazalan, when you go and give blood, they'll tell you about you know, your, your iron level. It goes us. Therefore, we can't take blood. Okay, you need to go strengthen yourself and then come back and issue and, and able to give blood. But that is important, especially now during this time, for us to donate blood. All right? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, life is in the blood. Therefore, donate the blood. Hallelujah. All right. So the other thing is that the carbon, carbon dioxide is produced during metabolism, and it's carried back to the lungs by the blood where it is then exhaled out, 
All right. So not only are we taking oxygen through the blood, the uh, carbon dioxide is taken out through the blood to the lungs, and then you breathe it out. Hallelujah. So you can see, that it is important. Uh, the blood is important. Okay. Blood also provides cells with nutrients, transported uh, uh, and transport hormones, and removes the waste products. It does that. Number six. All death is only through the blood. All death is through the blood. See, for you to kill someone, you need to make sure that the blood doesn't flow. It stops. You know, they poison you so that they are able to can kill you by contaminating your blood. They kill you by stabbing so that you can uh, bleed out and you die. Number seven, all vital organs of the body exist to save the blood. And it's very interesting, Bazalan, that we uphold the heart, and yet the heart is the servant of the blood. We uphold the liver, and the liver is the servant of the blood. Just imagine, all key organs of the, of the body, they are there to save the blood. The liver purifies the blood. The liver removes toxins from the blood. Okay? The spleen filters the blood and removes bacteria. These things are part of the body, but they serve the blood. Hallelujah. Pancreas helps to keep bile balance so that the toxins in the body get purified there instead of getting of them getting into our blood. It's important. So therefore, pancreas serves the blood. The heart exists to pump the blood to all organs. You know, when people speak about heart failure it's because and high blood pressure is because they're pumped, the heart is not pumping as it should. It is there to save the blood. The kidneys are there to, uh, to remove chemicals and transform waste into urine. So the kidneys are there to save the blood. So as I learned, the blood, you can see, it is important, isn't it? So the Bible tells us it says we should not eat the blood because every disease can be found in the blood. It is in the blood. That's why the Bible says, we started with a verse that says, don't, don't eat the blood. Don't eat the blood. Why? Because the disease can be found. The blood, the blood cleanses the muscles. It takes all the contamination from the muscles. Thus, the body and the blood has all the poisons. It cleans us. As it cleans us, it then has poisons. So when now we're out Hey, what Kiss You are full of diseases. Kuru, you are terrible. So therefore, Bazalani, your entire health is determined by the health of your bo- of your blood. Your entire health is determined by the health of your blood. So your blood might be, and, and don't worry, uh, I think Doug will correct me if I'm wrong. Don't worry if we go and your blood is red, 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 red. I don't know, it's, but I don't know how, red or deep. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and how you think it's dead. No, they'll tell you it's healthy. It is the healthiest. And it means that you are healthy. Hallelujah. Yes. So we looked at 
the blood and its significance in terms of our physical being. That it is important and Barzalani, that's why the Bible wants us to take care of our bodies. One of the things that the Bible says is that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you, are, when you are born again. It is the body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you need to take care of it. But also, there is a spiritual significance of the blood. There is a spiritual significance of the blood. I want us to read Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 15. This is where you will understand the significance of the blood. And some of the terminologies that we're going to throw around, don't be impressed. No, no, don't be impressed. But let us understand what does it mean. So that when the people throw these terms to you, you should not be lost, but you should understand them. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, But when Christ came as a high priest to the, to the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it is not part of this creation. So there, Bazalani speaks about where Christ, how Christ came and became a high priest. That he didn't go into a tabernacle or a tent or, a, or that was man-made. Okay? He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and cows. He entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood. That's obtaining eternal redemption. We'll talk about it a bit now. Verse 13. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of Haifa sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. So he says that, you know, when, when, when the children of Israel were sacrificing and they were pouring the blood, the blood of bulls and calves and heifers was there to clean them on the outside and not in the inside. Okay? How much more, he then says, then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from all that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. All right. So that we may serve. He says that God, not only is Christ cleaning us from the outside, he is also cleaning us from the inside. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. For, the, for this reason, verse 15, for this reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. So here you find that the writer of Hebrews is actually identifying the two different covenants. He says there's a first covenant and the second covenant. In the first covenant, it was only focused on the outside. The second covenant, not only is he focusing on outside, it's also focusing on the inside. All right. Uh, the, the first covenant deals with that which is made of man. The second covenant also deals with that which is of God. He says, and when you look at verse 14, how much more uh, then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself. Remember Christ says, when, when Pilate was trying to uh, say, um, you will be killed, he says, no, I laid down my life. No one takes it away from me. He offered 
Remember, you enter into a covenant willingly. You are not forced. All right. He offered himself unblamelessly to God. Cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death. He deals with our acts that lead that there are things that we do, but that leads to death. Christ is able to can deal with those things. Says that when you are on the path to death, he's able to redirect you to life. Hallelujah. So let us look at the blood as a significance uh, in the spiritual realm. One is that there is life. The life is found in the blood, as we have said. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, the Bible says. So that only does not apply physically only, but also it applies spiritually. All right. And note, Basil, and remember, things that happen in the spirit are important. Much more important than things that happen in the physical. Why? Because they manifest themselves in the physical. They first start in the spirit. When you see someone falling, now they have long left. They have long fallen in the spiritual realm. When you deal with the things that are outward, in the spirit world. So that's why the blood is also important in the spiritual realm. So we need to be careful that even when people try to draw us to partake in things that are pertaining to the blood, that has nothing to do with the gospel, that has nothing to do with our faith, we should be careful. Why? Because we then get trapped in the spiritual realm. We get trapped in the spiritual realm. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, even in the spiritual realm. Secondly, the shedding of the blood represents death. It represents death. Listen to what God says to Cain. But you must, uh, you know, he says in um, Genesis, chapter, um, Genesis chapter 10, chapter 4, verse 10. Um, he says to, I'll just paraphrase because I thought I had it here. Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. He speaks to Cain after Cain had killed his brother. He says the blood of your brother is crying from the ground. So it says that there, therefore, the shedding of the blood represents death. It represents death. Number three, in the Old Testament, the blood was shed for sacrificial offering uh, as a requirement by God. God gives instructions regarding sacrifices, uh, sacrifices and offerings, particularly on the proper slaughtering of animals. The blood of the animals was never to be treated as common food. It belongs to God who is, note, who is the giver of life. The blood belongs to, to God because he is the giver of life. No other person is the giver of life except God. So don't go around giving blood to anything. Spilling blood for anything. It has to be God and God alone. The blood of the animal must never to be treated as a, as a common food. It belongs to God who is the giver of all. That the blood of animals has to be drained and offered to God. You know? One of the things that we need to note that and understand, the reason why when it's, uh, 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 animals are slaughtered, cows are slaughtered, uh, uh, lamb is slaughtered, and then it's taken and by, by tennis upside down. It is for uh, all the blood to drip. All the blood to drip. 
to get out of the, the, the animal so that you can able to eat the meat. And Doc was telling me, no, those who are speaking about medium raw, that which we think is blood, is not blood, it's nutrients. Because already the blood has been drained. Well done. medium. Yeah. The animal has been trained. The animal has been trained. Hallelujah. Blood was ordained as a means of effecting atonement. That's the weight. Atonement. It's a big weight. Yeah. When you get into uh, uh, those who are theologians, they, they speak about such words. But what does this word say? What does it have to do with uh, anything with the blood? The blood was offered, if you remember in Genesis chapter 3, after the fall of man, the Bible says God gave Adam and Eve clothes, leather. Ne? That leather clothes came from the killing of an animal. So it was covering them. It was there to cover. Why? Because they, were, they had seen themselves as naked. Before they were not seeing themselves as naked. Now they can see themselves as naked. They have done wrong. They have done wrong. So he's, because of the entrance of sin in man, God had to make a plan. He made a plan and says, the blood that gets spilled, the blood that gets offered is for atonement. Atonement means compensation. That because sin requires justice, for the wages of sin is death. So if there's sin, death is hovering around. Death is hovering around. And many times you think, you know, death is of the devil. Death is a consequence. Death is a consequence of sin. So when, it, when you sin, there are consequences, and that consequences leads to death. And therefore, in order to intercept death from coming and materializing, God has to put atonement. Justice requires that there should be an atonement. There has to be a compensation so that death should not occur. So there, well, that's where the atonement comes in and relates to the blood. It is for that reason for that reason, in, in, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. So in order to be able to can save Israel or an individual from sin, uh, from death, God uh, introduced atonement. That there has, to be, there has to be a compensation that happens. Atonement for sin or compensation for sin was achieved by sacrificing an animal's life in substitution for one's life. In substitution of one's life. The shedding of the blood was the most critical element. It was the blood of the guiltless substitute offered onto the altar that served as payment for the sins of Israel. So note, one thing that we need to note, this was done on a yearly basis. Or this was done as often. That the, the high priest has to go, take a goat, 
pray and put the sins of, the, of, 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 of all of Israel and let it go as a substitute. Or go into the Holy of Holies to go and make an, a sacrificial offering in the altar. But note one thing about what we've read. This was in the first covenant or the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it is different. In the Old Testament, that atonement was there to cover the sin. It was there to cover the sin. You see, the significance of what God did in Genesis chapter 3 when he, when he killed a, a, an animal in order to clothe men was to cover their nakedness. But in, that was a picture of what is to come. That which was to come was that the atonement done by Jesus Christ was not just to cover, but it was to take away the sin. It was there to, to forgive for the forgiveness of the sin. It was there for the remission of the sin. So that, that it gets removed. It gets remitted. So my sins and your sins, when we respond to the call of God, when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, our sins get remitted. It gets removed. It gets taken away. That's why John, when he looks at Jesus Christ, he says, there is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. And note, Bazalan, he says that before Christ gets to the cross, it was prophetic for John to say that. That this man does not only come to cover our sins. He didn't say, there is the Lamb of God that covers the sins. He says, there is the Lamb of God that takes away. So you want our sins to be taken away, take Christ. The other ones, no, they don't. They're just covering. They're just covering. It is only Christ that takes away. Hallelujah. So now we've noted that what Christ did is of importance. And note, Bazalan, that uh, atonement that Christ did, the Bible says in the verse we read in Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 11, uh, 9, it says he has done it once and for all. Once and for all. So therefore it means that the precious blood of Christ is the suitable blood that is there, is the perfect blood that is there for a perfect covenant. But not only that, no. Not the perfect blood for the perfect covenant. It is the perfect blood for the perfect covenant that is eternal. So therefore the question becomes, if I have found that which is eternal, which I have found that which is perfect, why do I allow myself to be taken back? Why do I want to mix that which is perfect with, with that which is temporal? Because the spilling of the blood for the other things. So watch out for mix it. It's only in the music where it happens. How is Wakansa in these other ones? No, it does not. It will not. I want to stress it, Bazana. It will not work. You can mix it and think it's going. I tell you, there will come a time that, that which you have mixed demands even more. And you find yourself you are deep in the end. 
So now, Christ comes. John says, here is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Christ in Mark 14, 23 comes and said, he's sitting with his disciples. He ordains the new covenant. He then takes the cup. And when he's given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all, note, they all drank from it. All of them drank from the cup. He says, he said to them, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many. This is, and note, he is saying this before he goes to the cross. He is establishing a new covenant before the cross. The the covenant, by the time it gets to the cross, is already in motion. It has already been died. That's why in John chapter 7, he says says to his father, I have glorified you. It's already been done. And note, there is only 13 of them. 12 disciples by Jesus Christ. But he says it is shared for the many. It is shared for the many. So the many all includes the 12, it includes the 70, it includes the 120, it includes the Jewish people, it includes the Africans, it includes the, the Europeans and the Americas. So turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am part of the many. So now let's look at the, a number of, of, of the benefits that the blood of Jesus Christ brings. Those terms still, uh, we spoke about atonement. Let's throw another one. Propitiation. See guys, Bishop Hey, I can't seven o'clock in Shailo. I had to practice. <laughs> Propitiation. To remove God's righteous wrath. To remove God's righteous wrath. Bazalani, sin, when it's fully grown, it brings about God's righteous wrath. And this is what we don't understand in this country. That we are getting into a slippery slope because of the sin that is bringing God's wrath upon us. We cannot ill-treat the elderly. We cannot ill-treat the vulnerable. We cannot exploit without any conscience. We cannot corrupt and bring everything down and think that the wrath of God will not come upon us. So we need, South Africa needs to be warned. The only way that we can stop is through the blood of Jesus. Why? Because it, it, it brings that appropriation. It stops the God's wrath from happening. From being exercised. Romans 3 verse 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. How does appropriation stop corruption? By faith. Why? Because when you then say, I take Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and live according to how he wants you to live, you will live, you will set aside corruption and live right. (laughs) To 
be received by faith, he did this to demonstrate his righteousness. Because of his forbearance, he, has, he had left the sins committed to be uh, beforehand unpunished. So God is able to can come, Jesus comes in and steps in our lives. Steps in our lives, no matter what sins we have committed. Before the wrath happens, the reason why you are still alive and though you continue and, 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 and you are a sinner is because God's wrath has not been fully fleshed, uh, uh, allowed upon your life. Therefore, you are still living in the mercy of God. And the mercy is there so that you can repent. So take this and receive Christ. Hallelujah. Number two, we introduced another concept, justification. Justification. To the extent that God's full acceptance is upon us. To the extent that God's full acceptance is upon us. Romans 5 verse 9 says, We have now been justified by his blood. We have now been justified by his blood. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. When it is, remember, uh, 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 the first uh, um, uh, covenant, the first testament, is dealt with the outside. The second both dealt with the outside and inside. So the blood of Jesus Christ justifies us. So when God looks at us, he sees Jesus Christ's blood. And because he sees Jesus Christ's blood, he says, this is what he says, they're right. I cannot find them guilty. They're right. So therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. You, you understand, Mazelan? So you can go around and say, I'm justified before God by Jesus Christ. I have been made right by Jesus Christ. Not by yourself, not by my actions. It is the grace given. All I need to do is to take it. Hallelujah. Another term, redemption. These are the benefits. Let's take back. One, we said it provides atonement. We said it provides propitiation. We said it provides justification. The other one, it provides redemption. To purchase one's true freedom. To purchase one's true freedom. You know, one of the things that the devil does, he will deceive you. He will tell you, no, we are now safe. You know, you are up there too tight, too upright, too holy. And he entices you to live recklessly. And he calls it a, a, a freedom. When you are there, you get addicted. And you are, you are imprisoned by the addiction. So he gives you, and uh, there's one guy who puts it this way. I don't know, oh, for Advert. You know, Advert, the lady, see, Obona, Jualabole Monati, the Kalatin, and Bago di Potum, Bago, Bali, and Indonesia, you go in. Ne? Kausa no Tuana le Pabala Zabarne, Yama one in the Advert. This is the real life. So now you are imprisoned. Now we are imprisoned. And, 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 and the devil posts. He said, no, 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 no. Peter can swear. I can, I can tampoo it. I can swear. You know. Then Christ comes and says, can I buy him back? 
Please set him free. Can I buy him back? So then he takes his life and give it to me and he takes my life and he takes it over. So he has bought us. We are bought with the precious blood of the Lamb. The forgiveness of our sins. It's another benefit. See, the forgiveness of our sins is important. You cannot have a relationship with God without the forgiveness of our sins. Actually, let's put it this way. You cannot sustain any relationship without forgiveness. Whether it's your marriage, whether it's your siblings. Whether it's a sibling rival. So it requires the forgiveness of our sins to restore the best relationship we have with God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says, Now in Christ Jesus, you who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have been brought back near by the blood of Christ. So Christ dies for us so that we get forgiven. And because of the forgiveness, we are able to can come in the presence of the Lord. We are able to can freely come into the presence because of the forgiveness of, of our sins. Have you noticed, Bazaran, even when you have been forgiven, when you commit sin, you feel so guilty. You feel so good. You are even ashamed and afraid to come into the presence of the Lord. That's why you need 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If you confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us. Note, Bazalan, that verse was written to the Christians. It was, Christ, it was written to the Christians. So he was, uh, John, Apostle John was helping us to deal with this guilt on a continuous basis. Because sometimes it befells us. We find Christians walking around with a spirit of condemnation and guilt in their lives. Even after they have confessed their sins. And at points, you, you, you deal with that because you have an issue of forgiving your own sin. And the, the difficulty about embracing grace is that sometimes you want to be punished. You cannot just accept me. Please, or do something. But you know what? When God acts against, if God acts against you, you will not handle it. Because you are a mortal man. Another one, adoption. Adoption. These are the benefits. We have been adopted. The Bible speaks of us as we are as together with Christ. We are as together with Christ. It speaks about Christ, John chapter 3 verse 16. He says, he is the only begotten of the Father. That God gave. After he had given him and he died on the cross and he got resurrected and he comes, ascends to heaven, now we have, he has sons and daughters. Me and you are sons and daughters. When we receive by faith Christ in our lives, we become uh, sons and daughters. We are heirs together with Christ. The covenant that Jesus Christ cut with us gives us the right to be called sons. That's why we are able to can cry, Abba, Father. 
We approach God the Father in the name of Jesus. Not in our own names. In the name of Jesus. Remember the step that Bishop was speaking about, that in the cutting of the covenant, there is an exchange of names. So we take on the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we are called Christians. Hallelujah. Lastly, pacification. To make peace with God. To make peace with God. Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 and 20 says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Through his blood shed on the cross. The God-centered aim of the effects of Jesus' blood is confirmed in the peacemaking between God and his people. So one of the things that we get a privilege of is that we have the peace of God. We have the peace of God. We have peace in God. And Bazalani, one of the things that the devil doesn't want us to do, one of the things is he doesn't want us to have peace. He will stir trouble in your life. Yeah. You would, he, why? Because he wants to steal that. John 10, 10 says, one of the things that the enemy does is not only to kill, it is not only to destroy, it is to steal. And one of the things he wants to steal is the peace of God. That's why Paul, when he prays, he says that the peace of God should garrison, should guard our minds and our hearts. That we should live in peace. Peace is not the absence of war. That in the midst of the storms, which the devil uses to try and rattle you, that you remain in peace. Hallelujah. So, note, Bazalan, now that we understand the covenant, note, what makes the covenant different? It is the blood. But note, what makes the Christian covenant a covenant between us and God? And the new covenant is the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that is perfect for a perfect covenant and an eternal covenant. Please don't go around and mess it up with mix it. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful. We are thankful, Father, for the atonement of our sins, that you pay the compensation for us, that we may be able to be allowed into your presence. We are thankful, Father God, for the removal of the righteous anger that you have towards us because of the blood. We are thankful, Father, for the justification that happens, O oh God, because of the blood. We are thankful, Father God, for the redemption that we have been bought with the precious price of the blood of your Son. We are thankful, O oh God, for the forgiveness of the sins because of the, of the blood. We are thankful, Father God, for the adoption that, Lord, we are your sons and your daughters because of the blood. And we are thankful, Father God, that we are at peace of you, with you because of the blood. So, Lord, we promise, O oh God, that, Lord, we will wear this helmet of salvation. Make sure that we cherish it, O oh God. 
that make sure that we keep it, oh God, no matter what happens in our lives, no matter the storms in our lives. Why? Because we have bought it with a price, oh God. We give you the honor and the glory and the praise. With our height bowed and our eyes closed, you might be here and said, Murudi, I want those benefits that you are mentioning. The benefit of that salvation that has been brought by Jesus Christ, that has been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to say to you, if you want that salvation, all you need to do is to raise your hand so that we can pray together with you. Pray together with you and lead you into a prayer that will help you access, help you to access this. Remember, it is by faith that you need to access the salvation. It is by faith that the blood is able to can work in your life. If you are here and you said, Muruti, I want to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, please raise your hand so that we can pray together with you. Raise your hand so that we can pray together with you. Don't be shy, don't be afraid. I want to tell you that once you have received Christ as Lord and Savior, you have received Christ as Lord and Savior, you have received all these benefits. They will materialize in your life. All you need to do is to raise your hand. Raise your hand so that we can pray together with you. Can I ask all the people to stand? Those who have raised their hands, stand. Stand. Take the step and stand. It is a way of sowing a surrender. If it is a way of saying that I take note of this. Maybe you might have not raised your hand, but you know that you want to stand. I want to allow you to stand, even without you raising your hand. For those who are raise their hands, they can bring down their hands, but stand. Stand. Can I ask you for the last step? Last step as a way of surrendering. Can I ask that you meet me in the front so that I can pray together with you? Come, rush to the front. Rush to the front. Rush to the front. This is a sign of surrender. 